Amen. What fantastic singing we've been hearing. Some music, the orchestra. One day we'll have them here every Sunday. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I don't know if they're saying praise the Lord, but we're saying praise the Lord. If you could turn with me in your Bibles to Psalms 143. Psalms chapter 143. When you get there, if you could stand with me. Psalms 143. We're just going to read one verse for now. Psalms 143 and verse 7. If we could read it all together. Psalms 143. Ready and let's begin. Hear me speedily, O Lord, my spirit faileth. Hide not thy face from me, lest I be like unto them that go down into the pits. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your word, for the Bible, that we can read it, we can study it for ourselves, and we can learn, and we can grow closer to you on a personal level. We don't have to wait for a priest to tell us what the Bible says. We are a high priest. We can read the Bible. We can talk to you anytime, every day throughout the week. And Lord, you listen to us. You heed us. It's magnificent. It's a, it's, we're in awe to think that we can speak to the God that created this world in six days, the God that wrote this Bible. Lord, help us today to learn how we can better communicate with you. Thank you so much for your word and for allowing us to be here this evening. Bless our time, and I pray that you would help me to portray the message that you've given to me to speak. We pray in your name. Amen. You may be seated. D.L. Moody once said, I'd rather be able to pray than to be a great preacher. Jesus Christ never taught his disciples how to preach, but only how to pray. And this is coming from what we would consider a great preacher. I think because he put his walk with God first, and God took care of the rest. We saw a, a glimpse, a video of the teen retreat just a few minutes ago. And actually at the teen retreat, the outline I have for you today is a similar one that I gave to some of the teens there. But about a month ago or so, I was reading my Bible and I came across this chapter. And, and I've been really asking the Lord, Lord, help me to draw closer to you because I have so much to learn still. I have my whole lifetime to get closer to God. And I think every day we get closer, the more we feel like we're further away. There's still so much to learn, so much to grow from him. And I know everybody here would agree with me that we would love to get closer and closer to God. And as I came across this passage here in Psalms 143, it struck me. As I read a formula that David gave, that David has given to us today to follow and how we can communicate with God. If you want to learn how to communicate with God, a good place to start is to follow and read about people who have a close walk with God. And though we know David wasn't perfect, we have no doubt by the way he reads, the way he prays, and the, what we can read in the Psalms, that David was truly a man after God's own hearts. And I thank the Lord, and I've been using this formula every day now, and as I begin my prayers unto God. And this is a, a formula that I give to you as God has given it to me. And take with, take with it what you will. But as you go to prayer, oftentimes we find it difficult to, to get started. And the hardest part is getting up. 
Pastor White's preached several messages on point number one, get up, <laughs> wake up. That's the hardest part. But once you've gotten yourself awake and you are now kneeling before the throne of grace, how do we begin? Where do we start? And perhaps this isn't a struggle for each of us, but perhaps this can be a blessing to some of us here today. And David, in verse 7, his prayer begins... In verse 6, he kind of ends his prayer, and he almost starts a new one here in, in verse 7. And David looks up to heaven, and he says these first two words, hear me, hear me. And if I were to have points tonight, my first one would be, hear me, O Lord. And with this, we sense a forgiveness of sin on behalf of David. David starts by saying, hear me speedily, O Lord, my spirit faileth. Hide not thy face from me, lest I be like unto them that go down into the pit. Before you start your prayer with God, I challenge you to start out with these two words. Hear me. Our world is crying, is begging to be heard. Our world does what they can to be heard by other people, whether it be doing a crazy stunts, whether it be trying to make our way up in, in, in our job, whatever it is, our world is crying to be heard. We want a voice. And though it is great to be heard, kids will cry and they'll pull on your jacket and, because they want you to listen to them and pay attention to them. And they like it when you give them your full attention. But how much better is it when we get God's attention, when God listens to us? Hear me. What good of a prayer is it if God isn't listening to you in the first place? Why would there be circumstances in which God may not actually listen to us? When we consider reading verse 7, it says, Hear me speedily, O Lord, my spirit faileth. He says this third word in the verse is speedily. Lord, listen to me quickly. I have something on my heart. I have something on my mind. I need you to listen to me quickly. If I could challenge you to pray with urgency. Pray with a sense of urgency. Oftentimes we go before the throne of grace, and I'm guilty of this too, is we don't really have that urgency. It's, it's more or less we have a list that we need to get through for the day. And though we don't mean it that way, and we do want to communicate with God, we, we lack the sense of urgency. But if you were to get a call one day and find out that you had stage 4 cancer, and then you went to the throne of grace, would you have urgency in your prayer? Of course. If you found out your kid was sick, or somebody you know got in an accident, if you heard something of that nature, that would bring you to urgency. But should it take a, an accident? Should it take something life-threatening to bring us before the throne of grace with urgency? Isn't there enough to be urgent about as it is? We look at our map, our wall. We see there are hundreds of thousands of people just around our house that need Jesus Christ. That's a sense of urgency. We have missionaries on our walls, and there's so many more missionaries that need supporting because they have a sense of urgency. Perhaps we've missed God's call in our life because of our lack of urgency, our lack of care. David came to the throne of grace with a sense of urgency. He says, hear me speedily, my spirit faileth. Look over in Psalms 142, just the chapter before, and look in verse 3. The Bible says, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my, my path. In the way wherein I walked, have they privily laid a snare 
for me. When we're overwhelmed and we don't know what to do, I challenge you, go before the throne of grace and start out by saying, Lord, hear me. We must learn to pray with urgency, but if I could also say this, pray with transparency. You see, because there could be something in your life that would be prohibiting God from listening to you. In which case, the rest of your prayer could be deemed useless if there is something within us that could be stopping God. Now, what could stop God from listening to you? I think we know the answer. David mentions it in Psalms chapter 66 and verse 18. It says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But if you read the next verse, but verily God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Wow, David came to the throne and said, Lord, I realize if there's sin in my life, you won't listen to me, you won't hear me, but I know you're listening. Because David knew his hearts. He had already searched his heart. He already knew there was nothing between God and him. If we can go to the throne of grace, knowing that there's nothing between us and our Savior. Proverbs 15, verse 29, says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. If we can start our prayer out by saying, God, hear me. And at that moment, search your heart. Forgiveness of your sins. Lord, search me. Be direct with your prayer. Don't beat around the bush. Tell God exactly what's on your heart. David had no shame in admitting his heart's desire. As we're going to read soon, look in verse 12 uh, of the of, of same chapter of 143. And of thy mercy, cut off mine enemies. Destroy all them that afflict my soul. David was very transparent with his problems. God, cut off all of my enemies. Hear me. And then we read verse 2. Verse, excuse me, verse 8. David starts out in verse 7 by saying, hear me. But then in verse 8, he says, cause me. Cause me. After we say those first two words to God, hear me, and we've allowed God to search our hearts, we then say, cause me. Say, cause me. What does that mean? Look in verse 8. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning. For in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. It's one thing for God to hear you. But what good is that if you don't hear God? And that's what David is saying here. Hear me, and then verse 8, cause me to hear you. Listen for God's loving kindness. That's what he says here. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning. The idea is for us to wake up in the morning and listen to the goodness, the mercy, the grace, and the beauty of God. I think that's why it's important to wake up early in the morning, when it's still quiet, when your day hasn't officially started yet, when the hustle and bustle of life hasn't bombarded your mind and distracted you. Wake up in the morning and just remember and hear the beauty of God. When was the last time you just sat and listened to God? You just listened. Most of us can't hear God because we're too distracted. Some of us can't go five minutes without having some kind of noise, some kind of music in our ears, something. I challenge you, if you're on your way to work in the morning, don't listen to music. Shut off the radio. 
drive in silence and say, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me. Use that time to even talk to God. Reveal your hearts. And I know it's not the greatest time to, dry, to, to pray because you need to be focused on the road. But say, Lord, while I'm driving, speak to me. We need to learn to, if I could say this, shut up and listen to God. Shut off distractions. We need to learn to allow God to speak to us. We must learn to remove distractions in our lives if we are going to hear the voice of God. I fear that many young people, many adults, have missed the calling of God in their life because they weren't listening. We spend time saying, Lord, show me your will, and then we don't stop and listen for God to tell us. We just continue on with our life. And David is saying, God, cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning. For in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk. Lord, tell me where, what I should do today, where I should go, what, what, what should be. Listen for God's will. You can't know God's will if you don't listen to it. Some of us will never know God's will because we can't sit, sit, sit still long enough to hear it. Sometimes God calls us in a very clear and audible way, like he did for the Apostle Paul. Not, not many of us are going to have a testimony like the Apostle Paul. God came to Paul, and whoa, Paul heard. But sometimes God uses an Elijah technique, a still small voice. Although there was the mountains and there was rumbling, but when Elijah was able to remove distractions in, in the still and the quietness of the time he was in is when God whispered to him. And I think God is whispering to a lot of us today. We just need to learn to listen to him. Hear me, oh God, search my heart. And then cause me to hear you. I hope that before you came to church this morning or to this evening, you said, Lord, cause me to hear you. So hear me. Cause me. In verse 9, David continues and says, Deliver me. Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies. I flee unto thee to hide me. Sometimes when I, I kind of chuckle when I read David as he's, you know, you read the Psalms and it's saying, Lord, destroy my enemies. Cut them off. Get rid of them. I don't want them anymore in my life. When you read the Psalms, sometimes I find myself not being able to relate with David because I know David's hiding in a cave, you know, and Saul's just outside the cave, and he's trying to get, he's trying, searching for David. And I, I always think, well, David's in a completely different situation. I don't think I need to pray exactly this. Lord, deliver me. And then I consider that though I may not have a King Saul outside my cave, trying to kill me. We have some enemies that only want to destroy your life. And when you read the Bible, we won't have time to search through the scriptures, but we find that there are three main enemies that are out to destroy you. And some of them are actually our own doing. It's our own faults. But as you read the scriptures, you find that there is the world. The world is your enemy. It is not your friends. The church is... is the, the goal of this church is not to, to be like the worlds, but to be separate from the worlds and allow the world to come to Christ. It is our job to 
to allow ourselves to be like Christ, which is why we have some standards that we do. And we do some things certain ways because we try to do what we believe Christ would be doing here on earth. Are we perfect? No. But the world is your enemy. How about the flesh? The flesh is your enemy. Your old self, before you were saved, before you came to Jesus Christ, before you gave your life to him and you said, Lord, come into my life and save me. Save me from the world that I was living in. Save me from the lifestyle that I was in. Lord, I repent of my sins and I come to you. And now as you're now a new creature in Christ, sometimes that old flesh, that those old habits just hang on to you. Those things that even though when you got saved, your flesh was crucified to the cross, so to speak, sometimes that flesh drags on those old habits. And the flesh is not your friend. And of course, we have our biggest enemy of all. We have the devil, our enemy, who wants nothing more than to seek and destroy your life. Every morning, every morning, we must get up before God and say, God, deliver me from my enemies. I don't know what's about to, uh, I don't know what I'm about to see when I walk outside the doors of my house. I don't know what's going to happen to me at work. I don't know what temptations may befall me. So God, here before I leave the prayer closet today, deliver me from the world, from the flesh, from the devil. Some of us have ongoing problems that we need God's help with. Every day we must kneel before God and say, God, hear me and cause me to hear you. Lord, deliver me from mine enemies, from the attacks of Satan. But then, verse 10, teach me. Teach me. Teach me what? Teach me to do thy will. For thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. You know, God hearing you is, is amazing. And you hearing God, that's even better. And knowing that God is there and ready and able to deliver you from your enemies, man, well, how much greater can you get? But what good is hearing God if we don't do it? What good is that? And David is admitting this. He's saying, Lord, I, I want you to hear me and I want to hear you. But, Lord, help me to do what you tell me to do. We need to pray this every day and say, Lord, I don't know what you may ask me to do today, but when you do it, I want the ability, I need the courage to be able to do your will. When I go to church today, I may be convicted, I may be challenged to do something. Today is Sacrifice Sunday. No doubt God challenged you in a way. And when God challenged you, it is our objective now, it's our job to say, Lord, help me to do what you're telling me to do. Maybe we're a young person and God may be calling us into full-time service or just to serve him in some capacity. We need God's help to obey him, to obey God. And even King David, David, somebody I would consider fearless, never somebody who would attack a giant, somebody who would uh, go after a, a bear and a lion just to protect some sheep. This is David who's admitting, Lord, I need help. I need the courage to obey your will. Help me obey your will. Help me, look what he says here in verse 10. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Help me remember thy goodness. Teach me. Teach me, Lord, how to listen to you. Teach me how to remember how good you are. We forget how good we have it. 
what kind of what country we live in. We learned about it this morning, how just good God is to us. But most importantly, help me follow you. When was the last time you got on your knees and you said, God, help me, teach me to obey your will? You say, well, I've been saved for 10, 20, 30 years. I don't really need to, you know, pray that as, as much anymore. This prayer is for anybody. We all still need God. We all still need help to do what God has called us to do. Sometimes, even in our later years in life, God may challenge us to do something for Christ. Challenge us in a way that we didn't know we were able to do still. You'll miss that if you don't ask God to give you the ability to obey him. The problem isn't knowing that God is with us. It's learning to trust in him because we know that God is with us. And the last thing David says here, he starts out by saying, hear me. In fact, in the very first verse of chapter 40, 143, what's the, first two, three, what's the first three words of chapter 143? Hear my prayer. <coughs> I didn't have you turn to this, but in 1 Kings chapter 8, King Solomon, in his prayer and his dedication to the temple, in that prayer seven times, he asked God to hear my prayer. Seven times Solomon recognizes, Lord, I need you to listen to me now. So I challenge you when you wake up in the morning to say, Lord, hear me. Forgive my sins. Cause me. Cause me to listen to you. The importance of silence. Lord, deliver me from my enemies. Teach me to obey you, to obey your will. And lastly, and, and in my opinion, there's not one that's more important, but this one is equally as important as the rest. Verse 11. What's the first word? Quicken me. Quicken me. Some of us know what that word quicken means. Quicken. Revive. Revive me, Lord. Make me alive again. David says, quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake, for thy righteousness' sake. Bring my soul out of trouble. Lord, hear my prayer and cause me to listen to you. Deliver me from my enemies. Lord, teach me to obey your will and God, revive me. Wake me up. Shake me. I want to do something for you today. I can't do that if I'm, if I'm living in my dead self. Lord, pick me up and wake me up. Revive me again. Bring me back to the place where I once was so that I could fully just serve you with all that I got. Revive me. But look at how David says revive me. Look at his reasons for causing God to revive him. Lord, quicken me, O Lord, for thy namesake. So Lord, revive me for your sake so that I can give you a good name, so that I can... Give you a good reputation. Lord, revive me so that I can help you. But of course, we see here, revive me for thy righteousness sake. Bring my soul out of trouble. Revive me for your sake, but Lord, most importantly, revive me for my sake. Because I need you. I need to get woken up. I need to get revived again. Maybe we're in a state of backsliding. You know what? It could happen to any of us at any moment in time in life, which is why we need to walk with God on a daily basis, which is why it's important every day to say, God, revive me. Don't just wait for our, our weekly revival services. Okay, now I'll get revived. Yeah, and it'll last for a while. Every day, 
We need to be saying, God, quicken me. Revive me. Revive me to bring me out of trouble and to bring me back in fellowship with you. The message this evening was very simple. A five-fold formula that David has given to us that we can use as we open and start our talk on our walk with God. And may we not end with quicken me, O Lord, but then from that point on, we can go into our prayer list and we can delve into our daily things that God has called upon us and things that we need to pray for, like our church, like our family, and we can go into our prayer life, but may this be an introduction to our prayer before God every morning. Hear me, cause me, deliver me, teach me, and quicken me.